2: Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I
3: don't have to show you any stinking
1: vices.
2: This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
4: Okay, folks, here it is. The debate between me and Ruben Navarrete Jr., the first voice you're going to hear. We, we did this a little earlier in the day. Uh, The first voice you're going to hear is a lawmaker by the name of Rafael Anchia. He is a leftist who is elected in uh, in Texas, in the city of Dallas, in one of the districts out there in Dallas. And he doesn't like the fact that Texas is now going to start punishing Democrats when Democrats pass sanctuary city policies. Sanctuary cities are founded in the state of Texas. They they won't fly. So he's very upset And look, listen to who he pretends to care about.
2: I saw mothers trembling. If you have succeeded in anything, members, you have succeeded in terrifying an entire community.
4: (laughs) That's Rafael and Chia, everybody. Terrifying an entire community of illegal aliens. Now, Rafael and Chia is very concerned about the illegal aliens and them being terrified. Uh, I'm more concerned about the American citizenry and, and... legal immigrants to this country and the safety thereof. Uh, again, I, I've, let me get these numbers out to you once again, folks. I think I, I misstated them. Uh, a raid by ICE across five states, 175 uh, MS-13 gang members, sex crimes, murderers rounded up. 97 were here in Texas, mostly in the Houston area, 97. So let's talk about this uh, this element of the discussion, along with the backdrop of the Sanctuary Cities bill, anti-sanctuary cities bill that is, praise God, uh, primed to become law after this Wednesday with Ruben Navarrete Jr., the most read Latino nationally syndicated columnist, contributor over there at foxnews.com. He provides analysis and commentary on issues just like this. You can catch his writings sometimes in the Democrat Morning News, sometimes in the Houston Chronicle. Hey Ruben, welcome to the Chris Sato Show.
1: Chris, good to be back with you, my friend. And, uh, you know, you were taking a shot earlier at my other friend, Rafael, and Chia. Uh, but here's the thing. You need to do your homework Homework on this, Chris. In oh. fact, you have in, in Texas and in California and Southwest families that have mixed, they're called mixed families. So in one family, you have people who are undocumented, some who are legal immigrants, some who are U.S. Yeah. citizens, yeah. all together. So,
2: well, so how'd that happen?
1: Rafael said... Well, hold on! Don't, don't get don't get distracted. Stay focused. Stay with me.
4: So, <laughs> well, how'd that happen?
1: <laughs> I know all you radio guys have ADD, but stay with me. Stay with me. So yeah. here, here you have mixed families, yeah. and so because of that, when Raphael says there's fear in the community, he does not just mean does not just mean that illegal immigrants are the only ones who are upset at this yeah. crusade after the unicorn of the immigration debate, as I call it, sanctuary city, something that doesn't really exist.
4: Right. Well, that, see, that's that's an unfortunate consequence. And I, and I will take your point. There are there are folks here who have uh, who are illegal, who have citizen children. And uh, that is a result of of a country that doesn't take its immigration law seriously and has allowed this debacle to mushroom into this. And, and nothing, nothing ever good. Well, uh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, I know I know you, you guys yeah. who write columns have ADD sometimes. So I want you to just, just let, me, let, let me let me let me make my point that nothing right. good nothing good ever comes of allowing of violating laws which is what uh, our political opposition has advocated low these many 20 30 40 years in this country so let's deal with it let's deal well, with I agree
1: if we can I agree with that but let me put an amendment on that because obviously you know from my background that when you say things like it's important to follow the law that's music to my ears because long before the immigration restrictions got to this party I was the son of a cop my dad was a cop for 37 years. So I'm all about law and order. I get it. There's no problem there. So, But but you said something earlier, and that's the idea of, of um, nothing good comes of ignoring the law. I would say I agree. I also have an amendment to that. Nothing good comes of parents raising now in two generations, young people, kids who will not do these jobs, who will not even have a summer job and after-school job, who have no work ethic, who think of themselves as entitled, and therefore have created a market for These illegal immigrants to do these jobs that were previously done by American young people in particular. So nothing comes from bad parenting.
4: Well, you know what? I think I think that has a lot to do with uh, the liberals' domination of the education system. But we'll get to that discussion to a different day. Let's let's concentrate on the Texas anti-sanctuary cities law, which.
1: Let's be clear about the fact that Texas didn't just wake up one morning and was sipping iced tea in the backyard, Texas, and all of a sudden it was invaded by illegal immigrants. These people were invited in to do jobs by Texans, hired by Texans. And they're doing the chores
4: of other Texans. Yeah, and it's getting a little old. Um, it's getting a little old, and I think the American people, as by virtue of the fact that we have President Donald Trump, a lot of folks are putting their foot down saying this status quo is no longer acceptable. So, to the law, the, uh, the Texas yeah, Anti-Sanctuary sure. Cities Law, which will, among other things, as reported by Fox News ably, will allow police officers to inquire about somebody's legal status if they have a suspicion but it will also bring much-needed accountability to those in in law enforcement who have set themselves up who some of them are elected officials who have set themselves up to be the protectors of illegal alien felons by letting them back out on the streets uh what is your take on on uh, texas saying no more you're not going to be allowed to do that without consequence
1: So I think the Texas law is both illogical but also helpful. It's illogical because it's sort of like a law in California that outlaws man-made climate change without first establishing that man-made climate change does in fact exist. So you're sort of caught arguing about the law when you should be arguing about what the law intends to outlaw. And it doesn't really exist. And as I've said before, sanctuary cities don't exist because there's no city in Texas, Dallas, Houston, or anywhere in America where you can go as an undocumented immigrant and hide from ICE, where they will not find you, arrest you, and apprehend you. And all through Barack Obama's eight years, Democrats, like my friend, Rafael Ancia, were silent. We're largely silent when a Democrat president deported three million people, many of them from sanctuary cities. So as I say, sanctuary is in fact, Chris, a Latin word. It means get on the bus, your bus is waiting, your bus is being deported back to Mexico. That's what sanctuary means. It's just a show, it's a liberal show, it's a liberal concoction. It's, it's made of cotton candy. It has no legal merit whatsoever. ICE doesn't care. The federal government will go and get checked.
4: Ruben Navarrete Jr., a most read Latino nationally syndicated columnist uh, in our fair land, uh, will we'll continue to talk about the, the sanctuary cities. Now, we're going to agree to disagree. Uh, th- th- whether you call it a sanctuary city, Ruben, or whether they implement policies of thwarting enforcement of federal immigration which is going on in liberal cities all over this country let's deal with this initiative you said that it was good and it was bad tell us tell us what's what's good about this this texas sanctuary cities bill and we'll get the answer to that question on the other side of the break here on the blaze radio network folks be right back
2: the media wasn't ready for a conservative latino so naturally we gave him a show The Chris Salcedo Show.
0: On the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love.
4: The Chris Salcedo Show, conservative talk radio with spice. All right, folks. The uh, continue this interview with Ruben Navarrete Jr. And the question was, well, he he didn't like the Texas sanctuary cities bill on one hand, but on the other hand, he thinks it's going to be useful. And he was about ready to answer the question, "How is it useful?"
1: Right, Chris. So here's what's good about it. And first, you mentioned before about this judge in California. Just to kind of tie up that story. My, my problem is that we have we've confused the language. You have a state judge. Let's just use Texas as an example. If you have a state judge who sits in, and they're a state employee, okay. Well, they're doing one thing, and then you have a county sheriff down at the jail who's a county employee with a county building, and then you have the, the city uh, police chief in Dallas who's a city employee, and to say they're all under sanctuary cities, that somehow a policy of sanctuary cities influences. What a state judge does, it doesn't make sense. They wouldn't adhere to that. There's no power to these declarations. They're symbolic. You might as well just no, it's, wear it's, the blue on the state flower of Texas. I
4: oh, I don't want. I don't want you to mis- misunderstand. It's the unifying principle of the American left. Those who are in charge of left-wing cities,
1: they're the anti-rule yeah, that's, of love. I, I, I think that's overbroad. I, that I don't think that a judge in Texas who sits in Dallas is in is in league necessarily with whatever the rhythm of Dallas it's is. Not, no, it, it, it's,
4: a, it's, a common, it's a common ideology. It's, it's why you have right now this schism inside of the Democrat Party slash the liberal side of this country who thinks it's okay to throw Molotov cocktails and, exactly. and, and riot and and stop free speech on college campuses. And you got guys like Bill Maher And even Elizabeth Warren, who are on the other side, saying, no, free speech is free speech. There's that.
1: back, Back to this topic. According to your analogy, then, if you're a federal judge who sits in Dallas as a federal judge, do you likewise because you drink the water in Dallas, you're likewise incorporated into whatever the local city police say about immigration?
4: No, not an, again. The unifying principle isn't your location. The unifying principle is your liberalism, and the liberalism and the the yeah, left that's right. wing. That's right,
1: and I disagree. I think they're all separate oh. planets. They just happen to. I mean, they're different jurisdictions.
4: Oh. Okay, but well, point, I, I see. I, like it I see law, it as the unifying principle. So let's talk, it. let's deal with this initiative in Texas. You say yeah. that there is a good component to it.
1: Absolutely, it clarifies uh, something that I think people have been in denial about. Before the Texas law came about. There were people who said that any, and I know because I've been writing about this particular issue of the relationship between local law enforcement and federal immigration officials for 25 years, for 20 years, um, for 20 years. uh, They've always said back to me, pretty much, they think anybody with a badge should enforce any law, period. They think that the local police should cooperate with FBI, FBI with local police, ICE with with local cops, and everybody should be able to do everybody's job. And my retort has always been, Sure, that's why we see FBI agents writing speeding tickets, right? So you want local Dallas cops to enforce federal immigration law, something they don't want to do, something the police chief doesn't want to do, and I don't want them to do, for these various reasons, but you want them to enforce immigration law. And thankfully, the Texas law comes along and says, okay, great. There had not been a law that these people were violating when they simply said, I'm not going to cooperate with federal authorities. So we're going to create a state law. So now now there's this, That's the of You have the local law enforcement now threatening to define a state law uh, for the good of their local community. That is just, I mean, constitutionally delicious uh, and, and interesting to watch. But beyond that, it says to the other 49 states, if you don't have a Texas type law in place, then you're welcome to pass one. But if you don't have one, your local cops are under no obligation to cooperate with those federal authorities. You get me, they say. Because that's the whole thing. If there wasn't a problem, a hole, Texas would not have had to plug it. Texas well, plugs the hole.
4: Yeah, I think. What, what, so what
1: that's, this that's what, what this at.
4: law is what this law is doing it is it's one thing not to dedicate local resources to doing the federal government's job which i think there's a, a a very financial case to be made and also a jurisdictional case to be made and i think you made it aptly what it does say that it, you, when you step over the bounds and you start running interference for illegal alien felons like many of these municipalities are doing yeah. like sanctuary that's, city sally is doing in tra- that that steps over the line
1: that's a different thing that that's a different thing but let's be rec- i agree with you that's a different thing I don't think that happens as often as people might say, but even so, it's a different thing. What what people are complaining about and have for 20 years is they really do think that there is an obligation, somehow a legal obligation, for a local Dallas cop to carry water for a federal immigration agent. That is not the case. That, That cop works for the city. He don't work for the federal government.
4: Well no and I and I concede that and I think that, that, that this bill recognizes where this trend is going and it's a disturbing trend, Ruben. And I and like I said, you've you've been following this issue so closely this idea of and especially in the era of Trump it may be a relative a relatively new phenomenon that you're seeing spring up but my contention is a lot of law enforcement officials will know and understand this and a lot of leaders especially here in the state of Texas will know and understand that it goes a step beyond when you actually run interference for illegal alien felons how else do you get murderers and sex criminals out on the streets from MS13 well, we have- That just got, if I can be allowed to finish the question, who are out on the streets right now being rounded up, 175 of them across five states. It's because liberal leftists allow them to get back on the streets again for fear of this slippery slope. or they may come after the rest of the illegals. So we're going to let the murderers and the child predators back on the streets. That's why they're out
1: there. There's a world difference between MS-13 gang members, as uh, President Obama used to call, again, shame on him, these gang bangers. Uh, President Trump was not the first president To demonize and demagogue uh, Immigrants, in fact, it was President Obama When Obama called them gangbangers There's a world difference between them And the people who right now today Are cleaning people's homes, taking care of their kids In Preston Hollow, in Dallas And all over the Metroplex where I lived for five years If immigrants are so dangerous i got a really great solution Save yourself, the time has come to save yourself Fire your your maid, fire your housekeeper Fire your gardener your own freaking chores, okay? Well,
4: who's talking, who's who's talking about immigrants? Nobody's talking about are, immigrants. I'm talking about illegal safety. aliens.
1: Are, they're obviously a public safety threat. Get them out of your house. It doesn't make any sense to hand them your kid to race.
4: Well, who's so talking about immigrants? You're, 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 talk, you're talking about immigrants. I'm talking about illegal alien felons.
1: Yes, I'm glad you said that, because in the federal government, they are mixing the two together. Very. Here's one way that they have mixed together. If your maid or your housekeeper was deported, and she's never committed a, quote, crime, because coming to the, the, the country illegally is not a crime, it's a civil infraction, not a criminal infraction, right? So she came in and then she was deported and then she came back and now she's her housekeeper. She's a criminal. Jeff Sessions can deport her under the criminal statute because she's a criminal because when she right. re entered, that was a felony.
4: A felony, exactly.
1: We have, we have muddied the waters, Chris, on what is a criminal, what's dangerous. We have this image that Obama and others have put in our head of gangbangers, murderers, thugs, assault people. No. Inquiries to the law. Maria, the housekeeper, who's so nice and does all your chores for you and takes care of your kids, she's a criminal and she's good to go. Her bus is waiting.
4: Well, hundred. Uh, like I said, we just we know where these folks are uh, in the federal government. One hundred and seventy-five of them are just rounded up by by the feds, and these guys weren't out there taking care of people's but kids don't lose, sight
1: of my, don't lose sight of my point there is a confused application of the word criminal not, i have spoken i'm still. not
4: confused i'm not confused at all about who we're targeting here and i think that this idea of allowing those well, the, who the are ba-
1: who are targeting them. the federal government's not just targeting mf-13 those are, that's just that's just for show well at the, at the press let's, conference let's 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 you and i agree here because we got
4: i got to wrap up i got to wrap up before the top yep. of the hour let's you and i agree that illegal alien felons have no right to be or any business being in the united states of america can you, you and i agree easy. with that i I agree.
1: Completely agree. It's easy. I'd like for you to agree that that the real danger aren't these gardeners and housekeepers, and we have to differentiate between the two.
4: How about that? Yeah. Right now, for law enforcement purposes, I think that we need to get the the bad guys first. Ruben Navarrete Jr., everybody. He is the most read Latino nationally syndicated columnist in these United States. Ruben, always appreciate the visit.
1: Thank you, my friend. Take care. Bye-bye.
4: All right, let's get out of the phones. Joe in Georgia, thank you for calling, 888 thirty three ninety three. Appreciate your patience. What say you, sir?
0: Hey, Chris. I wanted to bring up a point. I had just seen a note from a buddy of mine on Facebook the other day. He's a police detective, and he went to a big detective conference here last week, <clears throat> and at the end of the conference, they only have the conference every, once every three years, at the end of the conference they listened to pitches from three different cities, Milwaukee, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, I should say, and Kansas City. <clears throat> and those three cities were pitching to see where the conference would be held in three years. And so my friend says, uh, after the presentations are all done, he says, are any of these three cities sanctuary cities? And it was determined by the crowd that Uh, both Milwaukee and uh, Minneapolis were, Kansas City was not. The vote turned out to be 0 to 6 to 300 in favor of Kansas City. And so I would encourage people to do the same thing if they're either in this sort of situation or on the board of uh, groups where there are going to be big meetings
4: yeah, I, th- I think that these left- wing cities who, uh, as the Democrats have chosen to do, put foreigners first, who uh, are the, uh, basically run their cities as, a, as if they're the anti-rule of law mm-hmm. party, uh, that they ought to be uh, they, they ought, just like, you know, a lot of liberals want to boycott cities or states that sure. put in uh, protections for those who want, who think it's appropriate for men to use men's room and women's to use women's room. Uh, well, there, 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 could be a backlash too for cities that stand up for illegal alien felons. That uh, right. if you're a sanctuary city, uh, then perhaps people ought to vote with their, with their dollars and their business and not go there too. I, Joe, I think it's yeah, a fantastic these, suggestion, man. These I appreciate it. If
0: lose 50 or 60 conferences a, a year, they're going to think twice.
4: I like the suggestion. As a matter of fact, we highly encourage folks to make the same determination as the, the so-called bathroom bill determinations were made. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate the call. 888-933-933-888-900-3393. More your comments, and we'll take Trump to task for some things he said yesterday. Coming up.
0: 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Chris Salcedo.
4: Just, uh, Ellie, what was it about at? 45 minutes ago? Hour ago, we were talking about how uh, th- that soundbite from the weekend, meet, meet the Press, over on the Brian Williams Network, that Chuck Todd was laying the predicate that Donald Trump was being defeated by Washington. That And, and Trump has aided this was some of the things he said about, you know, him thinking this job was harder than he imagined it would be. Which, you know, and we defended the president by basically saying nobody knows until you walk in that door how tough this job can be, president of the United States. You don't realize the weight until you're actually bearing it. There is no experience in life that can prepare you for the presidency of the United States. But it's all feeding into this. And here, let me play uh, the first part of that soundbite for you again. Here's Chuck Todd's premise.
2: But America's back under President Donald Trump. But in many ways, he's found himself, it's almost like Washington has either moved him or has defeated him.
4: Washington has defeated him. A poll just being talked about. We did the poll here. Oh, it's Gallup. Uh, MSNBS talks about on the weekend, Gallup issues a uh, a poll the hill.com is writing this a majority of americans say president trump has not made progress on his pledge to change washington according to a new poll 54 percent of u.s adults say that trump has not had success on that goal while 40 percent say that trump has made headway on the campaign trail promise according to the gallup survey released tuesday well i well i, I mean i don't think it's possible to change washington uh, the only way to change Washington is to change the people you send to Washington. That's the only way. And then, and then you have to make sure the people you change, that you send to Washington are actually, uh, have you, the people who send them there, as their primary concern. Right now, that, that can't be said of a vast majority of the 535 individuals who sit on Capitol Hill. They have other interests to placate, whether they be illegal aliens, whether they be their their uh, their puppet masters in their political party, or the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, moneyed interests. You are kind of a low man of the totem, totem pole, as it were. So, uh, look, the, the only way that you're... The, these career politicians like McCain and guys who have been there 30 years, I mean, that that's an insult. It's a, that, that's an insult to the American system of government. Guys who have made a career out of, out of siphoning off taxpayer money to the tune of uh, $174,000 a year. Plus, when you have a guy who's dirt poor like Harry Reid enter, enter into office, again, dirt poor, and he retires a multimillionaire, something's wrong. He didn't, he's not he's not there to do the 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 bidding of of the American people. He's there to do somebody else's bidding. And they're paying very well for it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. Donald Trump sits down with CBS and says the following
3: What do you make of the North Korean leader? People are saying, is he sane? I have no idea. I can tell you this, and a lot of people don't like when I say it, but he was a young man of 26 or 27 when he took over from his father, when his father died. And at a very young age, he was able to assume power. A lot of people, I'm sure, tried to take that power away. Well- assume power?
4: He was gifted power, he didn't earn anything. This guy was born with a silver spoon in his mouth among, apparently, cakes and cookies and all kinds of sugary substances that has allowed him to balloon up to his size. Kim Jong-un is the definition of a despot, a dictator who cares nothing for human life, only his own. And it is unseemly, untoward, not good for the leader of the free world to speak in him in terms other than I just did. Oh, you assume power and people try to take it away. So the hell what? So what? What, he's, he's virtuous because he was a more skilled killer? And he was able to defeat his uncles? Hell, if one of his uncles had succeeded, perhaps, maybe the world would have been better off. This kid's been handed everything in his entire life. Is that is that the work ethic you covet, President Trump? I think not. He's not a success. First off, Kim Jong-un is not a success, but he's not a success by any virtue of anything that he has done. And, and it is... It is not right for an American president to speak in such glowing terms of a despot, of a murderous thug.
3: Whether it was his uncle or anybody else. And he was able to do it. So obviously he's a pretty smart cookie. No. It it,
4: it, it takes very little brains to be a dictator. Very little brains. You've got the, the military. At your beck and call. You've, you have a disarmed population. You know, the, the real trick is to survive in a democracy. But when you're a dictator, hey, it's good to be king, huh? Kim Jong un never goes to bed hungry, obviously. His people certainly do. There's nothing virtuous or meritorious about, about Kim Jong un, Mr. President, with all due respect. Nothing at all. And when you speak on behalf of the United States, as you do, every citizen of the United States, as our leader, when you utter these things, makes people like me scratch their head. Wait, 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 wait. What, what, what no 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 We do not speak glowingly of despots and dictators in this country, especially those who have nuclear weapons pointed at the United States. Kim is accused of widespread human rights abuses, yet President Trump told Bloomberg News that he'd be honored to meet him. See, now I understand Trump's not polished, he's not a politician. Honored, it was the wrong word. Now granted, he's the president, he said it, he's a grown man, he said it, it was the wrong word, I think he knows it. And I think I understand that the sentiment he was trying to convey, if I was to ever meet with him, it would mean that we were successful, that nuclear, a nuclear armed North Korea was no longer there. So uh, it would be a good meeting at that point. Honored. But see, when Trump speaks like this, as imprecisely as he does, he leaves the door open for, C- for those like CBS News to pounce. They're they're operatives of the Democrat Party at CBS News. We all know this. And just like any Democrat, CBS News will pounce. And they did. And what I'm saying is, Mr. President, stop giving them the opportunity to do that. Oh, but no, CBS wasn't done. Had to get Russia mentioned in here. White House officials later stipulated that North Korea would first need to abandon its nuclear weapons. It is unusual for an American president to publicly empathize with authoritarian leaders. Mr. Trump has made a point of praising leaders with an iron grip on power while avoiding condemnation of their abuses. It's this was possible. candidate Trump know. on it's Russian possible. President Vladimir Putin.
3: If he says great things about me, I'm going to say great things about him. I've already said he is really very much of a leader.
4: See, and, and then, then that gives CBS an excuse to run the Russia connection once again, Mr. President. See how that works? Stop praising dictators. Stop it. They are not deserving of the president's praise. They are not worthy of the president's praise. They are deserving of universal condemnation for their activities, their inhuman activities. You don't don't have to go at them rhetorically, to destroy. I think Trump thinks that, you know, if I, if I talk badly about these guys, then I'm going to undermine the ability to have peaceful, have peaceful resolution with the issues we have, with whether it be Putin, whether it be Kim Jong-un, whether it be President Xi. No. You operate from a position of strength as president, and you know this all too well, President Trump start realizing it and then we talked to you guys about this yesterday president trump abruptly ending his interview with cbs after he was pressed by john dickerson about um
3: about his comments toward obama
0: did president obama give you any advice that was helpful that you think, wow, he, well, he was it. very
3: nice to me, but after that, we've had some difficulties. Uh, so it doesn't matter. You know, words are less important to me than deeds. And yeah. you, you saw what happened with surveillance, and everybody saw what happened with surveillance. The difficulties, how? I but... thought that. Well, you saw what happened with surveillance, and I think that was inappropriate. What, what does that mean, guess, sir? Uh, you can figure that out yourself. Well,
0: I, the reason I asked is you said he, you called him sick and bad.
3: Look, you can figure it out yourself. First
4: off, he didn't say Obama was sick. He said the activity of being surveilled was kind of sick. That a sitting occupier of the Oval Office would order surveillance on his political opposition. That activity is sick. It is sick. And it's un-American.
3: He was very nice to me with words, but and when I was with him, but after that there has been... No relationship. But you stand by that claim about him? I don't stand by anything. I just, uh, you can take it the way you want.
4: Oh, jeez, see? I don't stand by anything. That's a campaign commercial. I don't stand by anything. What do you mean you don't stand by anything? There's a lot of things you should stand by. It's frustrating on this end because... W- w- looking at the treatment that it gets in the basket of biased press. And a lot, a lot of folks who voted for Mr. Trump can connect with him and can understand. And I kind of know, and I know what he was saying in the context of this conversation. I don't stand for anything, but guess what, sir? These people are unforgiving. These people at CBS hate you, the Democrat Party hates you, and they want to see you fail. You've got to stop giving them opportunities. Stop. Wrap up the show coming up next. It's the Salcedo Show.
0: Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: I think our side's been proven very strongly, and everybody's talking about it. And frankly, it should be discussed. I think that is a very big surveillance of our citizens. I think it's a very big topic, and it's a topic that should be number one. And we should find out what the hell is going on. I just wanted to find
0: out, though, you're you're the president of the United States. You said he was sick and bad because he had you tapped can you. I'm take just... any way, you can
3: take it any way you want. But I'm asking you, because you don't want it to be fake news. I want to hear it from President Trump. You don't have to ask me. Why not? Because I have my own opinions. You can have your own opinions. But
0: I want to know your opinions. You're the President of the United States. That's enough. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much. And he was done. So, uh,
4: (laughs) you know, if you're going to put out a tweet, back it up. I think Obama, President Obama's sick and bad. (laughs) Yeah, he's sick and bad. I mean... I, I, think it's, I think it's sick and bad for my uh, team to have been surveilled by uh, a man who violated the Constitution and didn't obey the Constitution's limits on his own power. Uh, Dickerson and uh, Scott Pelley got into a conversation afterward about what his interview with Trump revealed
2: about the president. What did you learn about the president in that meeting?
4: Well, we learned that he still
0: thinks that President Obama is to blame for surveillance of his campaign. Even Surveillance.
4: Now, is is CBS News alleging that there was no surveillance of the Trump campaign? Is, is that what they're alleging? Because the facts that have been introduced so far say otherwise. There was surveillance. Now, there was no, quote-unquote, wiretapping, but there was surveillance. Does CBS News not know the difference between... D- that there was surveillance done? Do they not acknowledge that?
0: No, the FBI director and others have said there was no support for President Trump's previous claim that, that the Obama administration had wiretapped Trump Tower.
4: Oh, wait a minute. So John Dickerson does know. So what he tried to convince the CBS audience was, well, FBI director James Comey said there was no wiretapping. D- James Comey did not testify there, were, that there was no surveillance. As a matter of fact, he can't say credibly. That there was no surveillance of the trump campaign because there was
0: uh we also learned to identify when the president has had enough uh but
4: after <laughs> you mean when he said enough and walked away that was your big clue captain obvious ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, these people are priceless and and so the broader discussion here mr president is don't give these these Democrats at CBS in opportunity again. They are biased. They're liberal Democrats. They, they desperately want the country and you to fail. Uh, they supported Barack Obama and all of his undermining of U.S. prosperity and undermining of uh, our defense capabilities for the last eight years. They enthusiastically didn't report any of this garbage that he was doing. And now that Trump has pledged to reverse that trend... They're very concerned. A resurgent America is very offensive to the likes of CBS News and other liberals within the sound of my voice. That's going to do it, everybody, for the Chris Salcedo Show. I want you to remember, folks, a society's worth, meaning its value, isn't measured by how much power is seized by an out of control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. Hump day tomorrow, Brady, Congressman Brady, Ways and Means, will visit on the show.
2: You're listening to the Chris Salcedo Show.
4: Part of Generation
0: Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.